Welcome to What The Gap Podcast. Hosted by a modern day couple just, just trying to fill the gaps. Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Are you listening? Welcome back to What They Get Podcast, guys. You are joined by your hosts, AJ and... Kinsey, and I feel like I haven't done the intro in a little while. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Just trying to take charge. No, it's good. I kind of <laughs> like it. <laughs> it's unusual for you. <laughs> anyway, how are you doing, AJ? How's your week? How's everything? Update me. I'm going to start with my high. Mm. Well, it's probably a joint high. Okay. <laughs> I think I know the one. <laughs> <laughs> but we have just signed a lease on a brand new place. Woohoo! You have to insert a sound here. <laughs> insert cheer. Yes, we found a place. It happens to be about three doors down from us, which is amazing. Like literally, we're in love with where our apartment is, the facilities, the location, everything. The only problem is it's too small. Like we've been talking about in the past few weeks... It's very open plan, it's one bedroom, it's just too tight and we've outgrown it. I'm pretty sure you've complained about the space in the last like three or four podcasts. Yeah, and in life as much. (laughs) And we're completely in agreement that we've just, this place has been great, but we've outgrown it. Well, it's been, what is it, two years? It's been over two years. So we've like done this place well and it's, it's served us really well, but... It's totally time to move on and I'm so ready to have a study space and oh my gosh, this place has the most beautiful views, floor to ceiling windows. I'm just, I'm very excited for us. I'm so (laughs) hyped about it. It's also unfurnished, which is super exciting because when we came into this place, obviously we just moved from New Zealand. So we were stoked that it was furnished, right? That Mm. was really handy. We needed that at the time. Yeah. But let's be honest. This is not the furniture I would have chosen. Oh, neither. And it kind of made us, I don't know, not inclined to go and buy other things because firstly, there's not the space for more things and (laughs) it would just make the entire place just miscellaneous shit. Yeah. You know, (laughs) like there's no one key style or anything. So I'm excited to actually start from scratch and furnish a place that's really us. I know. And also... Shout out to my friend, or very good friend, Lauren Minikozzi. She does these prints, and I bought a couple that I wanted to put on the wall, but I was like, I'm going to wait till we move into a new place. They're so beautiful. You've got to check it out, laurenminikozzi.com, and I just can't wait to hang them on the wall. They're going to be the perfect aesthetic. It's like a girl doing yoga. It's just perfect. Very good. Anyway, moving on. So that's kind of our high. Yeah. Um... So yeah, that was a really great find and everything kind of just worked out with it and we're both super happy. Yeah, I know. We're so lucky. Like I feel like people really struggle to get into places with applications and with the amount of people that apply, especially here in Melbourne. But for some reason, something always seems to work out for us. Like we literally saw this place a matter of days before we went into stage four lockdown. Yeah. And nobody is allowed to do like in-person viewings in stage four lockdown. So there's no way we would have moved anywhere had we not gone in and seen it, you know, like virtual tours are one thing, but they're not enough. 
No, no way. So it's like we were so lucky that we had seen that place and liked it. And funnily enough, I only just made it to the viewing in time. Like I went out for a long run Mm. and I actually happened to get a little bit injured and I would have been out for longer, you know, had I not got injured. And at the time I was obviously upset about that, but it meant I came back and I could see that place and make that viewing on time. Yeah. And, and that's another thing that I'm just like, that's fate because, you know, if I hadn't have seen it, I would have been like to you, like, I trust you, but yeah. I don't want to sign and move into a new place without actually seeing it, feeling the vibe, feeling like I could live there, all that kind of stuff. So honestly, like, I just feel like we're so lucky. <laughs> I know. I cannot wait to get in there. So yeah. very hyped about that. Yeah. And can't wait to go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're actually insane already bloody on Ikea, like saving things. Got to be onto it. <laughs> anyway, in terms of low, I can't really think of much this week. It's mm-hmm. uh, not a bad thing. Still kind of getting out of that slump of last week. So I'll go into that with my change, but nothing really major. Okay. That's yeah. good. I'm glad. What about you? Um, so we kind of had a conversation on the weekend. Actually, we went on a nice long walk on Sunday, which first high, I actually finally had a day off. It did mean I had to work until what was it like 10 PM on Saturday night that she worked all day. I promised AJ that I would make him dinner as well. So we literally ended up eating dinner at like midnight. Uh, We had one more workout to test that day by the time I finished. So we did that strength session at like 11 PM, but like, Hey, when you're in lockdown, time doesn't matter. You know, whether you do it at 11 p.m., 3 a.m., who's counting? No one. (laughs) Definitely not you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I was so determined to have a day off because I think I've said in recent episodes that I incidentally fell back into a habit of not taking weekends off. I would say it's not my fault because, you know, my workload kind of skyrocketed again, but also that's my fault because... (laughs) I launched Currently Loving Fit. So that's kind of why it skyrocketed because I was balancing everything else. But yeah, I finally made it to have a day off on Sunday, which was lovely. Anyway, moving on from that, we had a big long walk on Sunday morning and I kind of had this discussion with you that I really feel like I'm finding my sense of purpose this year or like a greater sense of purpose. Yeah. And to be honest, without COVID, without lockdown and having to kind of reassess my vision for 2020 I wouldn't have found this and what I am saying is like you know my currently loving fit memberships teaching people taking them on a journey like directing more of my focus towards fitness and holistic well-being and things like that as opposed to my digital media marketing work like that's still such a core of what I do Mm. but I don't know I'm just finding my thing and I've said on the podcast, like, you know, when people recognize what you're doing and where you're going and they value it, it's just, it's incredible. And I'm only getting more and more of those feelings. It makes me kind of grateful for what's happened this year. So like, I hope I'm not the only one who is getting, you know, positive benefits from this time. In fact, I know a lot of people are as well because we have to turn inward, you know, mm. and like solve some serious issues or answer some questions that were going unanswered. Like, hey, what's my next move? Hey, what makes me happy? All these things. It's like we've had to answer them perhaps sooner than we 
wanted to or were ready to. Feel me? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a highlight. In terms of low light, I've been on the phone with my family over the past wee while, obviously back in New Zealand, and we've been kind of talking about, you know, the next few months, how everything's, yeah, 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 (laughs) how everything's going to look, not that we can plan, but me and my sister were talking and she was saying, you know, could quarantine be on the cards? Like, would you come back and do the two weeks in the hotel stint? And, you know, would you consider that if things kept going the way they are going? Mostly because it's been such a long time since I've been home. Same with you. Well, it's almost a year to the date. Exactly. Since I've been back. Yeah. And like, obviously a lot has happened in that time. Missed some big things. Like, and especially with my sister, like she turned 18 She's having her first serious relationship and like, I want to be there for that. (laughs) Um, I want to meet him and yeah, like I would love to go back. And I did say to her, like, look, I would consider it, but I would have to come back for, you know, a month or something to justify it because I would have to do two weeks quarantine in New Zealand, then two weeks quarantine coming back into Melbourne. So You'd have to be there for a reasonable amount of time to justify it, 100%. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I thought I'd look into it because I've been watching some YouTube videos of people documenting their quarantine experience, right? And I didn't really realize that you had to pay for it. And that, well, I like, think that's only a recent change. Like, why did they change that? Because too many people are doing it? Well, maybe people were just abusing the free hotel accommodation. No. Laughing it up, free holiday. <laughs> I doubt it. You have to stay inside the whole time. I don't think hotels are such fun when you can't leave them. That's enough for some people. (laughs) Maybe if they were serving the breakfast buffet, but it doesn't look like it. Anyway, I've been, yeah, watching these videos. It made me think, like, what would it actually cost? What would it involve if I tried to go back? And I realized it's insane, (laughs) basically. So... For me, going back to New Zealand, obviously I'm a citizen, but I won't be returning for more than 90 days or I won't be returning to stay. Mm. And so for someone like that, you have to pay for your own hotel, which in New Zealand is $3,100 for one person. I haven't looked into Aussie prices, but I imagine it's something similar. Mm -hmm. So when I come back the way or when we were to come back the way, That would cost us in total, just to cover both hotel stays, $6,000. Then we've got flights. And what did you say they were at the moment? I looked a couple of weeks ago and a one-way ticket to Wellington was like over a grand. One way. One way. Right. So that's two more grand coming back and forth. So you're now at eight grand, not to mention paying rent while you're away. Keep in mind, you've got a month you've got to spend in quarantine And you want to spend at least a month actually with your family. So now you're looking at above $10,000 just to go back to New Zealand. You're also looking at minimum two months of your life disappeared. Not for a bad cause, of course, but that's how long the trip would take. Think of an average trip. It'd be one or two weeks, 500 bucks. There and back on a good day. And less than a day travel total. You yeah. Know, it would be, what is it? What is the flight? Six, it's three hours one way, basically. Yeah. So It's just insane. I was like, okay, there might be a few more obstacles or barriers, but 
$10,000 and a month in a hotel? <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> it's not really an option. Like, it's not as if it's an affordability thing. It's just like, what if, you know, a month down the track, things opened up again and you just spent 10 grand on going home? You know, it's just... <laughs> It is. It's kind of ridiculous. No wonder people are only doing it if they absolutely have to, which I guess is the entire point. The government is pretty much putting out there, do not do it unless you absolutely have to. That price in itself is like a huge deterrent. So anyway, that is my low light, that revelation. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you go with your change this week? So in the past week I mentioned I was starting to write my to-do lists on paper again. Very simple, not groundbreaking, (laughs) but um, I just wanted to move away from the kind of online to-do list, I guess, and bring it back to just pen and paper, nice and authentic. And I've been really enjoying it. I've been making many a list. I know, there's little sheets everywhere. My only problem is that as soon as my list changes, which obviously things come up, or you don't get as much done as you'd like, or you even write something down wrong. I feel like I have to write the list again. Oh my God. (laughs) Which is like obviously a perk of being on your laptop is you can just edit it and it's fine. But I'm literally ripping off the page and doing it again every time something changes just so that it looks nice and clear and concise again. So that is a downside, but I'm still enjoying it. So it's going well. Can I offer a solution to that and a reason why I have always done this? thing (laughs) well okay share it is writing in pencil oh i hate pencil so oh pencil's so nice no i I hate them i don't like the impermanence it's like you can't show commitment to the paper which clearly i can't because i'm fucking it up anyway but like (laughs) still the confidence is there and then i fuck it up (laughs) anyway what about you aj how's your change going Well, my change was trying to be a bit harder on myself in the mornings and like trying to maximize that time. Okay. Can I just say I've noticed you've still kind of been in bed. (laughs) That hasn't changed. This kind of leads on, you know, this is more of my low. So yeah, I I still haven't been very good. Okay. And I think since we last recorded... And from the weekend, with those couple of late nights in a row, they've kind of rolled into the weekdays. Yeah. Um, so I'm still kind of trying to catch up on sleep. So I'm still doing things. I'm just not doing that much. And uh, even my exercise, I haven't really been amazing at it, apart from the weekend stuff. I ended up only doing a run yesterday as opposed to yoga and a run. But Yeah, but think, your expectations on yourself... And your schedule is far bigger than the average person's. Or far more optimistic than the average person. Is like, it? most people would be like, a run, I'm bloody happy with that. Especially after double sessions on both Saturday and Sunday. I don't know, keep in mind you're comparing yourself to me. Who you're, is you're like, the only one I have to compare to. <laughs> yeah, I know that, but I'm a fitness trainer. It's like, it's not... Just be a little less harsh on yourself, honestly. Like, I know how much you love your yoga and I know how important it is for you to get it in. But at the same time, if you did a run, that's good. Most people, if they move that day, they're happy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, okay. 
All right. So I would not say you're going bad with your fitness routine. Like, this is crazy that you're saying that. I wish January AJ could hear this. I know. You saying that I went on a run and eh, it wasn't that good? Like, I'm disappointed in myself? Wow. Even though I did back-to-back sessions on Saturday, Sunday? Are you kidding me? AJ in January would have done that over five weeks. <laughs> Literally. It's so weird thinking back. Yeah, you've changed things up. So. Well, this is what COVID has done to me. Exactly. <laughs> no, you should be so proud. You know, it's getting better, but I'm putting these things on my lists or on my weekly diary. And I got so good at ticking them all off when I wasn't working and now I'm working again, Mm. it's slightly harder to tick them all off. Mm. And by these things, you mean your workouts, right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, and other things like Uh, uh, my own projects and things as well. And putting actual time towards things. Okay. No, I feel you. What about your recommendations for the week? All right. So I've got a little recommendation of a page. Mm -hmm. And it, kind of ties into our new routine that we've been implementing with uh, making sure we're not really watching television only on specific nights and we're coming together and spending more time actually productively yes where we would be just sitting on the couch watching netflix yeah uh so this page is called shit you should care about and it's it's a great page like i do like sitting down and watching the news but I don't always get to, and I can almost fall out of sync with the world sometimes. Okay, yeah. And just be in my own little bubble. Mm-hmm. So I don't really stay on top of current fears and trends and these kind of things. And quite often you'll ask me about these things and what my thoughts are on them, and I'm, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, but and, that's because I'm such a big podcast listener. Yeah. And I know I follow these guys as well. Like they have a podcast and I don't know, I do feel like I listen to a lot of kind of pop culture, not just pop culture, but I pride myself on being in the loop when it comes to like hot political issues or, yeah. you know, not overly so, but like yeah. I feel guilty if I don't know. I know. And you know? I feel guilty when you ask me about them and I have mm-hmm. literally no clue what's happening. Yeah. So this page is really cool. Like, yeah, like you mentioned, they have a podcast and they also do great little posts on these current trends and what's happening in the world Mm -hmm. and they're nice bite-sized little pieces with Mm -hmm. their captions and things. So if you want to kind of quickly get up to speed with things, it's a Mm -hmm. great little first resource to go to. Yeah, no, I love that. Just being able to like, be like, okay, I've missed something. Break it down for me. Like, Just check out their last, like, nine posts and be yeah. like, oh, what's going on in the world? Oh, here it is. <laughs> exactly. And not having to, like, I guess, flesh through articles yeah. for the key information. It's so good when there is a bite-sized source. And then, I guess, like, if it applies to you, if you're more interested, then you can kind of go deeper, right? Yeah, and actually, you know, get out your laptop and look some stuff up. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Yeah, no, this page has been great, so would definitely recommend. Yeah. No, I'm glad that you're... I don't know, paying some attention to it because there have been times where I've been like, what are your thoughts on this? And AJ will just respond, I don't know enough about it. But then he never does anything about that. He's just like, I don't know and sits with that. And I'm like, no, you shouldn't just sit with lack of knowledge. You should try to at least educate yourself, you know, and I think sometimes it's based on intimidation that we don't go do that. So I think it's great that there's like, yeah, a starting point. 
Yeah, that intimidation thing definitely resonates with me. Yeah. Almost like you don't want to know too much because it's fucked up or you don't want to know any more about how horrible the world is in a way. Mm-hmm. And, and and these political issues are usually so layered. It's very hard to understand, like, the origin. And, yeah, there's just so much backstory. That can make you just not want to look into it at all, right? I know. I was going to suggest... Maybe that's how I could utilize my morning time, but <laughs> God. You're already trying to fit in the world. <laughs> Feels. Oh, uh, what about you? Um, I have a couple of recommendations. Firstly, just something funny I kind of want to note is Instagram has been obviously like popping up with all those memories. It always does. You know, like a year ago you did this, two years ago. Yep. Usually I don't give a shit. Like usually I'm like, yeah, whatever. But I think right now, everybody is absolutely loving sharing those memories, mostly because it's like something they're not doing right now. Mm. Like, oh yeah, memory of me traveling. Oh yeah, memory of me at a cafe. Oh yeah, you know, it's all these things. It's like, whoa, actually that's a great memory now that I think of it, you know? (laughs) Whereas before we would have been like, cool, I was at a cafe. I'm not going to repost that to my story. But yeah, right now, like all these memories are coming up and... I'm just taking a moment to look at them because they're so different to my life right now. And it's funny because a couple have come up recently of when I had like pretty much black hair. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? It was like so dark and it was short and it was when I first came to Melbourne. Yes. And I just went through this stage of just wanting to mix it up. I've also gone like nearish blonde in my life as well. And yeah, I've just been looking at these and it's made me think like, maybe I should mix it up again. (laughs) Anyway, this like links to my recommendation because I follow this influencer back in New Zealand called Ruby Mills. Of course, we'll have all the um, links and things in the show notes if you want to go check them out. But she basically has gone brunette, blonde and everything in between. And she just rocks it. And I'm like re-inspired to try it again. I don't know, whenever I see someone who can rock two completely different looks, mm-hmm. Rihanna is a great example. She can rock every look under the sun. Yes, yes. You're just like, oh, I want to try that again. I want to see if I can get away with, like, bleached white hair. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's just made me, like, you know, maybe as I enter the next chapter, I should change things up again. Because it's been a while. I've had my natural hair color for a while. I've played it tame. So maybe I'm ready to mix things up. <laughs> So yeah, I've really been inspired by Ruby, by her sharing her different looks, and also her style is awesome. So I just love following her as well. So you should definitely check her out. A super positive, just, yeah, lovely influencer to follow. Another recommendation I have, I started watching a documentary today. It came up on my YouTube, recommended, and I was like, thank you, YouTube. You know me so well. This is the type of shit I love to watch. (laughs) So it's a documentary called From Fit to Fat and Back. So it's this PT who basically wants to put himself in the shoes of his clients, right? So he's this ultimate PT, never understood or never gone through himself. Huge weight struggles. He's been motivated all his life. He's been a uh, model, in fact, an underwear model been on fitness magazines, all this kind of stuff, been on stage, never had an issue in his life. So he's like, I want to put myself in the headspace of an overweight person Mm -hmm. and see if I can take myself back through the journey to fit again. Yeah. So 
he puts on 40 kilos. He basically celebrates on New Year's. He's like, New Year's, I'm starting. He puts on 40 kilos. In this process, his doctor is saying things like, I think you should stop now. You're literally getting to the stage where you have to force feed yourself because, I don't know, eventually you hit kind of a plateau with even putting on weight where it gets that hard to do it in a short period of time. And he obviously put this timeline on himself where he has to put on the weight so that he has enough time to lose it. So it's just so interesting. He literally has documented this entire cycle. And even though the doctor said, you know, you should probably stop, you're depressed, you're all this. He's like, I've got to show. I've got to show this journey. He's so committed. But it also just highlights, like, he completely stops exercising, no walking, nothing. Like, the most you'll do is the mandatory, like, walk to your car, walk to your kitchen, whatever. And he literally eats anything and shows how, like, you can start getting addicted to junk food. And that can be what you can crave all the time. But also you can be so upset and low and depressed that you keep going for junk food, you know, and filling that gap with junk food. And you see him absolutely change, like his entire mentality. He goes from literal trainer to like being in the kitchen, sneaking a pizza away from the um, camera crew. And like, this is when he's trying to get fit again. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like watching that mentality and watching it happen. And, and it's like that's from somebody who knows all there is to know about fitness and health. You know, he knows what to do. It just shows you what can happen when you start making certain choices, go into the cycle and like, boom, there you go. Like he even said, like, it's crazy. I've been training for 15 years and in three months I could fuck it all up. Just reverse everything. Reverse everything. (laughs) It's such an interesting documentary. I haven't finished it yet. He's still in the stages where he's like trying to lose the weight. He keeps thinking he's lost more than he has. (laughs) And he's like gets on the scale and he's like, I'm sure I've lost like 15. And then it's like, no, you haven't yet. And he's like, you can see he's going through the struggles. And the best part is as well is he's taking somebody else who's overweight on the journey back to fit with him. Okay. So I'm just finding this really interesting and it's the type of thing like as a PT, as a fitness trainer that I'm just, I don't know, it just gets me oh, so intrigued nice. because I'm like, yeah, you don't understand what it's like for somebody who's never been motivated to come into a gym and to feel nervous, to feel out of place, all those things. Like he's having to experience all those feelings for the first time and all those pains and yeah, just that newness of being healthy again, of trying to train your taste buds to choose the right foods, all these things. So it's it's going to be really interesting. And yeah, I recommend you guys come along and watch with me. Maybe we'll have a little discussion in the Facebook group <laughs> and um, yeah, share what we think because I'm loving that documentary. So as I said, all details will be in the show notes, guys. If you want to go watch that, we'll leave a link. Otherwise, Let's get in to what you've been waiting for, the results of our personality test. All right, let's go. Are you listening? Okay, so in the last episode, we went through and took you alongside as we answered the questions of the Maya Briggs personality test. And basically, we've got our results here. There are lots of different sections, but we've decided not only will we share our personality type, we'll also be sharing our strengths and weaknesses how this plays into our romantic relationships and also our career paths. So basically 
the key pillars, I guess, that matter to us the most. Yeah. And we'll just share what we think and whether we agree with it. And yeah, definitely encourage you guys go take this test as well and get some insight into your own personality. Shall we find out what we are? All right. Well, what's your code? So my code, it says ENFJA or ENFJT. But overall, that makes me a protagonist, which if I remember back to um, essay writing, the protagonist was like the most important person in the story. Okay. (laughs) No, literally, you'd say like the protagonist and that was a word used for talking about the main character. I know, I know. So already I find that funny. (laughs) (laughs) And the two different codes I got actually identify an assertive protagonist and a turbulent protagonist. And what about you, AJ? So my four-letter code that I got was INFP-T. And that means that I am classified under this test as a mediator. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll find out what that means. These codes don't really mean much unless you actually take the test. So let's go straight into our strengths and weaknesses here. My strengths are that I'm tolerant. (laughs) I'm surprised by that. It says protagonists are true team players and they recognize that that means listening to other people's opinions even when they contradict their own. They admit they don't have all the answers and are often receptive to dissent so long as it remains constructive. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I would say I'm like open to other people's opinions if it's constructive. I wouldn't say like I'm an overly tolerant person, but (laughs) (laughs) like that would not be what I'd place first on my list, but maybe I'm more so than I think I am. Yeah. I'm also reliable, would agree. Yes, you Charismatic. Are. Charismatic, as you like to say. Charismatic. Charm and popularity are qualities that I have in spades, apparently. You guys can be the wow. decider of that. <laughs> I'm altruistic. What does that mean? That means um, you're like warm, selfless. You desire to do good in your community. I wouldn't say I'm like 100% selfless. That's me being honest. But I definitely desire to do good and that... I don't know, it gives me a sense of purpose. You have a good heart. Thank you. I'm also a natural leader, apparently. So those are my strengths. Let's look at my weaknesses. I'm overly idealistic, 100%. That comes through (laughs) in my daily to-do lists. (laughs) Too selfless. See, I don't think like I'm a selfless person. Like I see people out there who are utterly selfless. And I'm just like, no, 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 you're the selfless person. Like I don't think I'm selfless Again. I think I do think about myself granted I do put other people's desires first sometimes that's why I have problems saying no because I try to accommodate to everyone but I think I try to accommodate to everyone including myself yeah like that's me being honest I would love to be an utterly selfless person but I don't think that describes me no, and, you know, these aren't accurate. It's just a made-up test, so... Don't okay, take it to heart. Don't take it to heart, okay? I know that, but this is the whole point of us sitting down. Yeah. Is assessing what we actually think. Yeah. If you just want to end there, we can end the podcast there and be like, don't take it to heart. But this is the whole point of us going through it. Okay, okay, okay. Apparently I'm too sensitive. True. Yep. It says, whilst receptive to criticism, seeing it as a tool for leading a better team... That's true, actually. I'm receptive if I think it can better me, but I do take it to heart anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Fluctuating self-esteem. 
Oh my god, this is so interesting because when I first read this, I was like, I'd say my self-esteem is pretty consistent. Yeah. Like we all have our days, but it's pretty consistent. But this is so interesting. Protagonists define their self-esteem by whether they are able to live up to their ideals. That's so fucking true. Yeah. Because I feel shit about myself if I don't live up to my own unrealistic expectations. Yeah. I would have never thought about that, but that's so, so very true. And apparently I struggle to make tough decisions, which is true. We noted in the last episode that I suck at, you know, choosing Netflix. <laughs> I suck at choosing what, even like food I want at a restaurant. These are the tough decisions in life, point blank. <laughs> yeah. But also just in general, like I do, I find it hard to examine, I guess, yeah, the consequences of my actions of choosing one path over the other. Like I always overthink that kind of stuff and what it can mean. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. What about you, Ada? I'm so interested to see. So my first strength here is that I'm idealistic, which is weird because you said it was a weakness for you. Yeah, well, apparently I'm too idealistic, so there must be a fine line. <laughs> yeah, so it's saying that friends and loved ones will come to me and admire me for my optimism, which I would say that they definitely do, like especially my family and things. I'd always be the mm. one that brings that like positive energy and mm-hmm. yeah, like just be super optimistic about everything. So mm. that's would... actually interesting. Now that we look at that, like I'm just looking at it from a relationship point of view. I get mad at you because I feel like you're negative, but maybe that's my overly optimistic idealistic side coming through and you're the actual real balance yeah you always tell me that i'm being negative right well i always feel like you bring up the negative points first but maybe it's the fact that like you're idealistic and i'm so idealistic that almost i see you as negative when to the average person you'd be normal or or even quite positive yeah do you know what i mean I definitely know that people think I'm a positive person. Oh, so. I think you're a positive person. Yeah. You're so consistent with your positivity. But what I'm saying is like, that's come up. That even came up last night when, what was I doing? Oh, I was baking or something. And AJ was all like, have you thought about this? Have you done this? Um, this is probably going to go shit. This is probably going to fail. And I was like, oh my God, even if I literally break everything in the kitchen, it's okay Like, you know, like, what is there to worry about, really? (laughs) You know what I mean? And so I think that is me being too idealistic of like, yeah, let's blend up almonds in our coffee grinder. Who cares? (laughs) And then AJ's there like, I mean, we can try it, but, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So maybe it's just like we're both idealistic people, but I'm that little bit more. And that's why I'm too idealistic. (laughs) <laughs> I, I just I just found that interesting because I think that actually shows up in real life for us. Yeah, well, it says here my I have an unshaken belief that all people are inherently good, perhaps simply misunderstood, lends itself to an incredibly resilient attitude at the face of hardship. You're looking at me like explain that to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's very true because you have such a mixed bag of friends, yeah, which I, really I think do. means you see good in people that even I would be like. Mm. They're not really going anywhere, are they? You know, but you're kind of like, oh, but they've got this redeeming quality. (laughs) Yeah, I'm 100% like that. Yeah. So my next strength is I seek and value harmony, which I 100% seek harmony. I love things to all be at peace and the Mm -hmm. world to just be rolling over. And I do, I get really like overwhelmed when it's not or there's something wrong. 
Can I just say something? Yeah. This absolutely shows up in our relationship as well. Because I think you seek harmony to the point of not shaking up your life. And you'd almost sometimes prefer for life to just go like clockwork as opposed to being interesting and exciting. Yeah. Because it satisfies you, I guess, in the short term. And it doesn't make you feel anxious and scared and fearful. And you definitely, you sit in that harmonious place and you think it makes you feel good and you think it fulfills you. But then, like, I guess over time you can look back and be like, why didn't I shake things up? Why wasn't I daring? (laughs) Why didn't I do the things that in the long term I would have been proud of? The risky things. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it says here, I have no interest in having power over others. Oh my God. Do not care for domineering attitudes at all. And I prefer a much democratic approach. Oh my God, this is so true. It's like, even with people listening to the podcast, I'm sure they're like, oh, Mackenzie just like walks all over AJ. Like she just domineers it. And then it's like, what you've got to understand about our dynamic is AJ literally, I mean, from the beginning, you've almost wanted to take a step back. You quite like having somebody to guide you. I do. Because you're not that character yourself. Yeah. You know, and and you're not going to be domineering yourself. So you almost happily take your seat in that (laughs) kind of like sit back position. I sit down like, right, how are we doing this? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, no, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. No, that's so true. Mm -hmm. My next strength is I'm open-minded and flexible, which I 100% agree with. Mm -hmm. I'm always open to new things. I'm always trying to accommodate to other people. And I like to be flexible in my nature. This is why I'm seeking it so badly right now. Yeah. So 100% agree with that. Mm -hmm. I'm very creative. Although you would think that my dreams aren't. (laughs) (laughs) I said they're not bizarre. But as a person, you are, yeah, intensely creative. Like you freaking spend hours on your design work. Of course you're creative. Yeah, so it says I have a visionary nature with an open-mindedness to allow them to see things from unconventional perspectives. <laughs> yeah, unconventional. It's like, AJ, can you take a photo of me here? Oh yeah, I, I lined you up with the symmetry of the building. And I'm like, um, AJ, I don't want to look the same size as the building, thank you. <laughs> So, yeah, unconventionally creative is the perfect way to describe it. All right, my next strength is I'm passionate and energetic. Yep. Which comes in waves, I'd say. (laughs) Yeah, true, love. Um, Their shyness keeps them from the podium, but they are the first one to lend a hand when it's needed. You know what? That's so true. That's why I feel gutted sometimes, because I'm like, you're so the underdog. It's like when I recorded that solo episode and I was like, you think I'm the hero when like you're the one who comes through all the time. You're the one who's, you know, always loving, always there, does whatever he can for us. And it's like, yeah, I think that the fact that you don't back yourself or value yourself or even share that sometimes, like speak it and I don't know, have that confidence in it. It does. It stops you from ever being on the podium. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's in a whole load of areas in life. Like Korea, you could be so amazing, and you are amazing at design, and you have, yeah, such a diversity of skills, but because you'd never be the one out there selling yourself, you know, somebody else who's less good than you 
is up there on the podium instead. <sighs> I don't like this. this. <laughs> no, I'm just... No, I'm it's... finding this interesting, so I'm responding. I know you kind of let me talk during mine. <laughs> Typical AJ. <laughs> but... I don't know. I just, I, I find this really interesting. Yeah, no, it is. It is really interesting to read it out loud. Um, my last strength is dedicated and hardworking, which I would agree with as well. Comes in waves for me though. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm surprised I didn't get that. I'm jealous. <laughs> all right. So my final strength here is I am dedicated and hardworking. So it's saying while other people focus on the moment and often give up when the going gets tough, Knowing that what I am doing is meaningful, like gives me the strength to like push through and just keep going, like grinding things out, hmm. which I 100% agree with as well. When has that shown up in your life? Work. What, like doing shitty jobs or something? Yeah. And just like... Like I've done some shitty jobs, a lot of the laboring stuff and things I've done. They've just been those horrible, horrible jobs that you just have to do. But because you're doing like a valuable task. And yeah, knowing or looking at the bigger picture Mm. and just be like, this is what needs to be done next. So Mm. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. You're not much of a complainer in that sense. And half the time I expect you to like, I don't know, say something negative, but you don't. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's a great strength. Even there are times where I would, you know, like I'm, I would say I'm hardworking as well, but there would be things I would outwardly complain about. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't want to do them, like, oh, this is shit. Yeah, exactly. You know? But you're I'm just like, kind of oh, like, mm. this needs to be done, so let's do it. Yeah. All right, so my weaknesses are, one, I'm too idealistic. Oh, you've got that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Twins. <laughs> that's so funny. Maybe that's why we get along. <laughs> we both just live in this dream world. Yeah. Actually, that's so true. It's like we're like, we'll go for long walks and go for adventures and just everything will fall into place. And, but I think it works for us. It definitely does. And I think much more so I've become more idealistic, especially with what I can actually achieve in the day. Because, you know, you've shown me you can do so much in a day. Whereas mm. I'm like, oh, yeah, just going on a run. That's enough for the day. Yeah. But now I know, yeah, I can do 5, 10, 15 things sometimes yeah. <laughs> depending on what they are yep. so I have become a lot more idealistic in my day-to-day you know what I know it's a weakness on our little chart here but I would way rather be overly idealistic than the opposite and be too much of a realist yeah because that is when you get those fucking boring parents adults who just look at the world you know like their cup is half empty <laughs> So (laughs) I'm quite happy that we're both in that boat and we're just going to live our idealistic lives together. (laughs) You know what? And I think that could be a reason that me and you would jump on board to something like committing to a podcast because we're both like, oh, fuck, we've never done that before, but let's just do it, you know? (laughs) And that takes two people who are like, yeah, overly idealistic, (laughs) especially because... When we started this podcast, if I remember, it wasn't exactly as if we had free time in our schedule to just go, ooh, shall we take on a hobby, you know? Yeah, we were both real busy. Exactly. Holy shit. Yet, we've made it work. So, is it overly idealistic? I don't know, Maya. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, continue. All right, so my next one is, I'm too altruistic. 
Yeah. Is that one you had as well, eh? Yeah, I had... Oh, no, I had that as a strength. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm a do-gooder and I'm, you know, warm and I want to provide to the community, but I don't go over the top with it, whereas you do. I see. You want to do so much good in the community that you won't do anything for yourself. Oh, okay. All right. So that's what it's saying. It's like you're too worried about giving to others, I guess. Yes. I see. I see. All right. This next one, I don't know if I agree with it, but it's saying I'm impractical. (laughs) You know what? I reckon you're probably so practical that you're impractical. Yeah, well, so... (laughs) Something catches mediators' imagination. They can neglect practical matters like day-to-day maintenance and simple pleasures. Sometimes people with the mediator personality type will take this... What do you... What's that word? Asceticism? Asceticism? I've never seen that word before and I don't want to say it ever again in my life. They'll, they'll take that thing so far as to neglect eating and drinking as they pursue their passion or cause. <laughs> you know, I always find this funny when it's like, people forget to eat. They're so into it. It's like that famous thing about how Beyonce went three days and she didn't eat because she was so into her concert. Whatever. Like, <laughs> I will get into something, but I don't forget to eat. Like, that's just a joke. You know that, like, you need to eat. Maybe you delay it. Like, I totally get that. Like, I just worked for five hours on something. It's time to eat. Yeah. Or I just got into the day and, like, the day's got away from me. It's now, like, 3 or 4 p.m. I need to bloody eat. But it's not like you forgot. You were aware. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't take that bullshit. Anyway... Alright, so my next... That's a really... No, 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 don't move on. That's an interesting one. I think that you are... I don't know. You definitely get taken by things, like captured by things instantly. There's definitely things that can fully take my attention and I don't want to stop them until they're done. Exactly. So maybe that's where you're impractical. Because it's like we were saying before, you approach things in your to-do list that you want to do and that excites you, but not the things that need to be done. Yes. Which is kind of impractical. Yes. I, yeah, I, so maybe in I some agree. senses of the word. Yeah. Alright, my next one is, I dislike dealing with the data. <laughs> <laughs> so mediators are often so focused on the big picture, they forget that the forest is made of individual trees. Mediators are in tune with their emotions and morality. And when the facts and data contradict their ideals, it can be a real challenge for them. <laughs> So what does that mean for you? I don't know. The, the one thing that I'm thinking of is like with the data thing is when I'm doing stuff like reporting or things on Instagram Yeah. and I'm trying to like look at all these numbers, I get real flustered and I'm like, oh fuck, what's the final number? Jesus, like just give them that. Does it really matter what all these other ones are? And then I have to really like really focus and be like, mm. all right, one thing at a time, that one, that one equals that one yeah but this is more saying that you don't like dealing with data because it doesn't align with what you had in mind so it's like if you thought that the instagram account like we're saying this because we're both digital marketers if you thought that there had been growth in the engagement or something over the past month for one of your clients and then it turned out that maybe that wasn't the case as the data was showing you'd be like 
let's just scrap the data. I think you've grown. Oh my God, I do that. It's an instinct thing. Yeah, like, no, this is bullshit. Exactly. So that's what it's saying. Like, you'd rather just trust your own instinct than deal with, like, the facts. Which is probably true because, like, sometimes you have a hard time facing reality. Even in terms of your workouts. Like, look at your fitness. When I used to say, like, you're not showing up to this or you're not showing up to that, you know, how many not how many workouts did you do this week, but did you move your body this many times? You'd give me false facts. You'd be like, oh yeah, I moved my body like on Monday, like yesterday. And I'm like, no, AJ, that's when you did this. And then he's like, oh yeah, shit, I didn't move for a week. (laughs) But you literally would like manipulate facts to to try suit where you thought you were at. I used to always do that when the gym was open. (laughs) What do you mean? Like when I'd go to the gym, I'd go by myself. And then you'd ask me about my week. I'd always take what I actually did and plus like two or three things. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'd tell you that. Literally. (laughs) So yes. Anyway, next one. So my next one is I take things personally, which I quite often do. Yes, you do. Even though, God, I really don't need to for so many things. And my last one, which I think is you're going to have a field day on, is uh, I'm difficult to get to know. (laughs) it's probably one of the things that irks me most about AJ it's like he's obviously the most beautiful human but fucking hell say that again (laughs) to be able to show people that who don't get to meet him five billion times is so hard because he can be so standoffish and yet it's weird because you're so kind-hearted you're more kind-hearted than I am and yet people would get a warmer sense from me when they meet me than they would you. Yeah. It's like so shocking. And it's like, I even feel like the podcast listeners have better insight into your personality because they've obviously got to listen to you over time. You've gotten more comfortable, things like that. Yeah. But like, let's say a listener was to meet you in person, they might get a different oh, 100%. feeling about you entirely. You, yeah. And it does suck because like, especially in the beginning of our relationship, it was really hard because I was like... Here's my boyfriend who I think I'm in love with. And then people are like, what? Like, But he doesn't say a word. He doesn't like, say a word. Like, <laughs> how are you with him? This doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it took a while to be like, no, 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 give him a try. Give him a try. <laughs> and that was hard when, like, especially when family came to visit. And they had, yeah. like, a day or two to get to know you. And you were this mouse of a person. And I'm like, the person I'm dating is not a mouse of a person. In fact, he's got so many cheeky lines up his sleeve, <laughs> but it's like, it takes so long. And I'm very much like, I guess, a believer that you don't always have that long in life to make an impression. A first impression counts because, you know, we don't have much time in general. We live such busy lives that if you don't make a good first impression, somebody might not go forward with you in a friendship, in career, in anything. Yeah. So that first impression really matters, which is why I'm the type of person who's like, all cards on the table, this is me. If you like it, we go forward. If you don't, we don't, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I, yeah, I just, I feel for you sometimes because I'm like, sometimes you don't have the time to prove yourself. I know. So it's just like, be you from the get go, man. Man. <laughs> Seriously. Anyway. Oh, shit. Let's move on to the next section. We're going to look at how our personalities play into our romantic relationships. So we've kind of hinted at that. But let's go a little bit further into it. So, 
First thing I've got here, does it have little lines for you? Like little quotes? I've got two lines. Yeah, okay, same. My first one says, I'm a slow walker, but I never walk back. Firstly, not a slow walker, but anyway. (laughs) No, you are not a slow walker. Okay, so listen here. Even in the dating phase, people with the protagonist personality type are ready to show their commitment by taking the time and effort to establish themselves as dependable, trustworthy partners. Would you agree with that in the beginning of our relationship? Yeah. You're nodding your head, but I don't so- think you understand what I just said. So, AJ, and anybody else who's a slow thinker like Mr. over here, basically they're saying that I don't jump all in at first, but if I feel confident about something... I will happily show you that I'm putting in effort to slowly build things. I, I think that's so agree. true. Yeah, I would agree. Like if I'm, yeah, feeling pretty positive about it, I'll definitely commit. I'll start, you know, giving you parts of my life, but I don't do it all at once. Yeah. And because you were, you know, so independent mm. when I first met you and you, you still are so independent. Yeah. It did. It took you some time to actually start introducing me to little parts of your life. Yeah, but surely as I did, that's what showed you, like, I was trustworthy, I'm here, I'm going to be here. Like, even when I was like, you know, would take the time to talk to you about, like, your hair, your insecurities, Mm. like, slowly these things, like, setting myself up, as it says here, as a dependable, trustworthy partner. Yeah, no, you 100% did that. I would agree with that. Okay, what's yours? So my first one here is, love all, trust the few, do wrong to none. Okay, explain it. So mediators share a sense of belief in the idea of relationships that two people can come together and make each other better and happier than they were alone. And they will take great efforts to show support and affection in order to make this an ideal and reality. You're definitely like that. I think you definitely bring that into our relationship, this idea that like we can live better lives together. And honestly, I think that's one of the things that recurrently makes me love you. Oh, that's nice. No, no. I, I'm, I'm serious. Like, even when we have roller coasters and, you know, ups and downs, it's your commitment to wanting to foster this ideal life together mm. and be better together yeah. that honestly makes me go, I don't think I could find that in someone else or I would struggle because you come to me and you're like, okay, I'm going to change that. And you don't just say it, you try. And it's like, I actually think few people do that or are so wholeheartedly committed to those, you know, little and big changes throughout the way. It's like we're four years in. Some people would be like, I'm not changing anymore. But you're always like open to that. If it means, I don't know, securing like this journey we're on and getting better and better at it. Mm. You're so like that. I I think I am. I really, really do. And, um, you know, that was one of our big milestones we had to overcome like in a way that was one of our biggest fights where you were still so independent with everything but I was Mm. trying to do everything for us and there was just so many clashes Mm. there no well you were already in a a state and I think that was an age thing as well Mm. of being ready to change and mold yourself and I was like I've never really been in a serious relationship yeah Uh, didn't plan on so I'm not ready to mold and change myself to someone else and you really have to like it's true you really have to know it's something worth fighting for 
to start compromising and molding yourself and changing things. Yeah. Like you have to, you have to know that. And I think even two years in, I was still like, oh, I'm, you know, every day is a day further is no, a surprise to me, Yeah, you know? So I think it took me a long time to be like, okay, this is clearly not like your other relationships, Mackenzie, where it's going to end soon. Now it's time to, you know, start putting some things in place, I guess. And that's where even my point came in about slowly yeah. putting those foundations in place to show that I'm going to make the change. Yeah. But it's slow for me. Okay, should I read my next point? Yeah. So it says, you cannot escape the responsibility of tomorrow by evading it today. So protagonists' tendency to avoid any kind of conflict, sometimes even sacrificing their own principles to keep the peace, can lead to long-term problems if these efforts never resolve the underlying issues they mask. On the other hand, people with the protagonist personality type can sometimes be too preemptive in resolving their conflicts, asking for criticisms and suggestions in ways that convey neediness or insecurities. That's really interesting. I don't know if I'd agree with that. I don't think I'm a conflict avoider. I like kind of approach it quite head on. Wouldn't you some say? Some things. Yeah, some things. Some things. But I would agree with that whole thing about because they've said two things here that one side of the protagonist personality is they avoid conflict another side is that they're preemptive to solve it and i actually think that shows up in different areas of my life i would say i avoid conflict with people who are let's say not too close to me because i don't think it's worth going through the conflict yes do you know what i mean yes um like if it was a mutual friend just a friend uh, somebody, a colleague, like all acquaintance. these kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't go through the conflict cause I don't think it's worth it. But then if I look at like the other side of things, sometimes I would say I bring up conflict to you that maybe hasn't even fully fleshed itself out yet, but I'm almost like, let's solve it before it even shows up. Yeah. Here's how I'm, I think I might be feeling if you do this. Hmm. So I'm going to tell you now. Even if you weren't going to do that. Don't mm. you agree I do that sometimes? You do do that sometimes. And in my head, I'm like, oh, but the sooner I communicate it, the better. And I do think that's quite a good thing sometimes. Mm. But maybe I also create conflict that wasn't going to eventuate mm. by doing that. <laughs> a lot of words. No, I agree. It, it mm-hmm. doesn't always... It doesn't always come up, but you 100% will jump mm-hmm. the gun sometimes and bring up something that yeah hasn't even happened. Like when I come real close to you and I'm trying to kiss you or something, and you're like, just please go slowly. And I was like, well, I'm going to go slowly. No, AJ, <laughs> like, that is completely different. That is me knowing in the past you've dived into my face and it's hurt. <laughs> or me being like, I'm actually focused on work. I can sense I will get mad if you distract me for the fourth time. That is so not this point. But anyway, thanks for adding your bit. (laughs) Honestly, this is the reality sometimes, guys. I'm like sitting, opening my heart out, sharing all the words under the sun. And I'm like, okay, AJ, what do you think? And he literally has nothing to say. (laughs) And then we talk about AJ and I literally have everything to say to try to be like, here's how we can make sense of this for you. And he's like, oh, yeah, like, that's so helpful. Then we try to switch it around. It's like, what do you have to say, Jay? He's like, yep. (laughs) Oh, I'm really sorry. You're just so much better at, like, in the moment 
deciphering these words and understanding them and articulating them and I'm just like I really need time to read reflect <laughs> process maybe have a day I would have to literally go away sleep on make it make notes like and then I can maybe attempt talking about it mm. so no I'm really sorry that it does take me a lot longer to get out what I'm saying shit I'm doing it right now <laughs> no it's fine I understand like that's kind of what I bring to the relationship sometimes it's like you'll feel a certain way or something and I'll make sense of it for you <laughs> yeah you but do that you can't expect everything to be vice versa I guess just sometimes I'm like here's how I'm feeling and AJ's like oh yeah but you quite often don't talk to me about those kind of things you yeah, kind of think figure them out first yeah but then... that's because i know what you'll be like no but like i mean in like terms i of have you... defined my other people who give me that to be honest yeah like, but your, like... your partner can't give you everything that's the fact of it yeah. and you're not really that for me okay. like you'll help me in terms of like we'll talk it out but let's be honest when we talk it out it's more me talking and you just being almost a bounce board i'm a good listener eh <laughs> yes but like even when we try to problem solve it's like me talking yeah. and just almost yeah bouncing ideas around and then eventually i'll get to it and i'll be like thank you for being there i needed someone to listen and just i don't know give a bit of their opinion but i ended up getting to the solution myself or something yeah but i guess for me and you it's the other way around it's like you'll present something and i'll present the solutions and you'll be like what other solutions we can see <laughs> And then you'll choose your ideal one. Do you know what I mean? And that's just how it works differently either way. Yeah. Anyway, we're kind of going off topic, but it was kind of related. (laughs) Okay, so what else does it say for you? Well, I don't really have another one of these green things. Did you have two of these? No, the second line, right there. Okay. Better three hours too soon than a minute too late, which I don't really quite understand. So what it says here is, the aversion to conflict, while contributing greatly to the stability in the relationship when done right, it's probably the most urgent quality for the mediators to work on. So I guess what it's saying is I spend too much time worrying about the conflict and avoiding it at all costs. Mm. It is in knowing that their partners are satisfied that the mediators truly feel the most pleasure. <laughs> mm. And I definitely feel much more at peace when I know that you're a happy girl. Yeah, I know that, but that also annoys me sometimes because it says here, ultimately, protagonist personality types believe that the only true happiness is mutual happiness, and that's the stuff successful relationships are made of. And I think that's so true because even if I'm happy or I can't be solely happy, if I know that deep down you're hiding something and pretending to be happy... When really there's something under the surface level. And so it's like you're happy to avoid what's under there. So long as I'm happy. But that doesn't work with me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that definitely creates conflict for us. Yeah. As you're just like I'm just going to make her happy. But then you don't realize that like. Well I'm not going to be happy unless you're happy as well. Which is why I constantly say to you. Focus on you. Focus on you. I know you do do that. Shall we get into the career stuff? Let's do it. So the first thing it says about me is I believe that there's a place and means for everyone, which I do agree with, but I definitely want to know more. So first and foremost, it's seemingly every mediator's dream growing up to become an author. (laughs) Uh, No, it's not. (laughs) 
While a novel is a classic choice, it's really an accessible one, and there are many viable options for freedom-loving mediators. I really, I don't, I don't get it. Okay, well, it probably makes sense if you read a bit more, but I mean, the title kind of says it all. You believe that you don't have to clamber your way to the top. There's room for everybody's traits, skills, all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what. There's a place and means See, for just, everyone. See, you means. just read these words and know exactly what is going on. I'm just like, what? I have to read the whole thing because otherwise I feel like I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and this, this is, is why this podcast is an issue because it's about skimming and scanning. Yeah, I which can't is a, do that. A tool <laughs> that surely you got taught at school. Yeah, but I wasn't good at it. <laughs> You know me. I okay, take okay. my time, so I'm really sorry that this is frustrating for you. Okay, no, that's fine. Do you agree with that? I 100% think there's a place for everyone. I believe in everyone. I believe in the best of people and their abilities, yeah, and I yeah. want everyone to have their place. Okay. Like, I want that for people. Yeah, no, that's true. And I think that you're like that in career as well. You don't really compare yourself too much, or like, as we said in the last episode, you're not about to kind of push someone down to put yourself up or anything like that you just don't have that personality which is probably why i don't know you're not that kind of harsh salesperson which you've learned in other roles yeah you know because you're too much like i don't know but you can have that sale and i'll have this one you know exactly yeah okay next one so the second one here is if to do were as easy as to know what we're good to do (laughs) <laughs> that makes no sense to me anyway what the hell or does that either. even mean where mediators will not thrive is in a high stress team heavy busy environment that burdens them with bureaucracy yeah. and tedium I've never read that word before sorry mediators need to be able to work with creativity and consideration high pressure salespeople, they are not literally <laughs> it can be a challenge to avoid these roles as they are the basis for so much starting work. And it's often a risk to break away into something else less dependable but more rewarding. Holy shit, this is your career journey in a nutshell. (laughs) It's like you've been doing all the starting work and then feeling like you're not good at anything. Yeah. But it's because you're doing all the stuff that, like, doesn't come naturally. Like, being that high-pressure salesperson, which are those, like, beginner, intermediate roles that you almost have to... Get through those so that you can do something else. Fuck. This makes so much sense. Yeah, I'll read the last bit here. To find a career that resonates with the mediator's values, though, that's more than just the job. Sometimes it's just what needs to be done. (laughs) You're looking at me again. A2. (laughs) What it means is that ultimately when you find a job that lights you up and aligns with your values, that's you. Home stretch. You're happy. Yeah. But it's about getting to that place. And yes, that's so true. It's basically saying, it's summing up your life journey, which is, it's going to take a fucking long time, but when you get there, you're going to be great. Be a happy camper. But you need to actually get there, which is what I've been telling you to do. Sorry, I'm not trying to promo myself, but like, it's literally saying that you've been in these starting roles, which is what you did for ages. And then it's saying... You know, you kept avoiding finding the valuable career and pushing through those barriers Hmm. when really that's what you needed to do the whole time. But it was scary for you, maybe. Yeah. I just think that's that's probably the truest thing that's come out of this whole thing. (laughs) 
honestly. Wow. I can't believe it. No, oh, this has been very enlightening. Mm. Well, let's hear about yours. So in terms of career path, it says that I don't worry when I'm not recognized, but I strive to be worthy of recognition, which I think is so true. Fuck yeah. Like I'm not somebody who needs for you to tell me, oh my God, you're awesome. Da, 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 da. Like I don't right. need that constant like you know that confirmation. <laughs> I don't know that, but no, I just. But you do. I you do. You always tell me this, and it's no, but not you the do. case. You are, and you know it, and you. Own yeah, but it. I don't go out there like I'm fucking awesome. No, you don't say it, but you know that you got skills. You know that you are more than capable of handling whatever comes your way. Okay, it's just when you say you know that it's like, oh, you know you're. F- you are awesome. No. And I'm like, I don't go out there like no, that. No, you don't. But yes, all. I'm aware that I'm capable. Yeah. And I so agree. I don't want to ask for recognition. I'm so like that. Mm-hmm. I never want to ask for recognition. But I'm somebody who works hard so that I hope it'll come around to me. Like, yeah. and I think that's why it's most rewarding when somebody says, like, you're valuable. And, like, I don't know, something like, what would we do without you? That's me having worked hard and you turning around and you not needing to recognize me, but doing so anyway. Well, that happened the other day when you got that email from one of your clients, right? Yeah. I mean, it happens quite often, to be fair. But I definitely am someone who just works kind of behind the scenes. Yeah. And then prefers, yeah, for the other person to to come forward and recognize. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm like that in a relationship too. Yeah. To be honest. Although sometimes I ask for recognition from you. <laughs> anyway, this well, is actually, career path. Quite a lot. <laughs> uh-huh. It also says here, protagonists take a genuine interest in other people, approaching them with warm sociability and a helpful earnestness that really goes unnoticed. Altruistic careers like social and religious work, teaching and counseling and advising of all sorts are popular avenues. That makes a lot of sense because I've always said in some way I want to like inspire coach teach in some way talking about that a lot lately yeah and it's like social work and i've always thought like how can i combine these things where i'm like imparting things and sharing things with others and like yeah that just makes so much sense (laughs) (laughs) oh that's great um okay let's go on to the next one it says always bear in mind that your own resolution to succeed is more important than any other I don't really know what that means, but it says at the heart of it, protagonists need to see how the story ends to feel and experience the gratitude and appreciation of the people they've helped in order to be happy. So is that kind of like you're never you're not happy until the final thing is completed and done? Yeah, actually, that's that's pretty fair. I think it's saying that, like, let's say I relate it to my programs right now. Yeah, I'm putting in the work. Right. And I'm like creating this program and I think it's going okay. Mm -hmm. But like, I can't almost stand back and yeah, I guess experience like a feeling of success or fulfillment until people turn around and say it to me that they're grateful and that they're appreciative and that they're loving it or something. Mm -hmm. Or basically I'm not happy until somebody confirms that I've done the job which is, you know, lead a successful program that has helped them. And if they don't tell me that, I don't feel like I've done my job. Yeah, so unless you've had that confirmation. Yeah. It sounds like I have to get to the end, which I guess the end goal is for people to feel that way, to feel it so much that they express it. And if I don't get to that end goal, 
any little hint or sign of like, oh, maybe it's going well is not enough for me. <laughs> Which I would say is very true. I would definitely agree with that. I'll read a little bit more here. It says, it makes a great deal more sense for protagonists to be the force keeping these vital services organized and running well, taking their long-term views, people skills, and idealism, and using them to shape the situation on the ground, while more physical personality types manage the moment-to-moment crises. Hmm. So that's kind of almost... That's kind of true, because like even in my digital media marketing work, I'm very like, I am the person behind the scenes well, who keeps say. shit running. Yeah. And I'm very much like the person that like people rely on in that it's like sense. like describing your role right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm always up for a good challenge and nothing thrills quite like helping others. I would agree. Like I was just saying, I'm feeling the sense of purpose this year. And I think that's because I'm helping others in a way that I feel is really tangible and real. And mm-hmm. careers operating behind enemy lines and arriving at the scene of the crime too late to help simply weigh on my heart and mind especially if criticized despite their efforts on the other hand protagonists are a driven versatile group and that same vision that pulls them towards administration and politics can help them focus through the stress of the moment knowing that each second of effort contributes to something bigger than themselves holy shit (laughs) that's me in a nutshell that is it guys that's 100% it. What pulls me through stress and when I'm freaking going through burnout and I get on the podcast and I say I'm going through burnout is something bigger than myself. I've always been like that. I've always been like there's something bigger. That's just so true. That's the vision, man. That's what pulls me through. <laughs> I actually find this so interesting. Like obviously we've just highlighted here some key categories that sum up our personality but i'm gonna go read some of the others there's like friendship parenthood we should probably look at that aj who knows um (laughs) workplace habits all sorts guys this is so interesting honestly i hope you found it even slightly intriguing sitting down and hearing about our personalities how they affect our relationship and things like that or how they come into our relationship ultimately go take the test like we'll leave it in the show notes so that you can go find out things about yourself. I think it's always amazing to learn more and more about yourself. And I think obviously we do that in life all the time, but these tests are bloody fun to just, you know, even just to answer a few questions about your habits and decision-making and for it to tell you what that means about you and what that could mean in bigger, you know, areas of life. I find it so interesting and it's like, it's definitely something to keep in mind, like even with our weaknesses, right? It's yeah. kind of like, okay, now I kind of know what I can work on. And um, yeah, I have one more question, AJ, to wrap this up. Do you think our personality types complement each other? I, re- I do. Do you? I really do. Like there's some overlaps where like we kind of work against each other, but I would say most of mine complement yours quite well. What, because like I'm the protagonist, so it's kind of like, leading the way a little bit yeah and which is kind of what i'd like to have almost and like having that sense of purpose like helping someone Mm -hmm. along their journey along their way like i 100 percent know i do that for you yeah but it's almost like you know if i ever head straight into conflict or something you know that's something like the protagonist might do Mm. as we said before even go into conflict too early you're there to kind of ease things out mediate 
No, but genuinely, like, I think I've even been told that by people in my life. You're like someone who mellows me out. <laughs> Not in terms of like an angry sense. Yeah. But in terms of like life. Bring the chill. You kind of do. Yeah. You know? I like to think like, I can do that. I mean, yeah, we've totally found out. Like, I'm this person who's like, let's go do this and that and that. And yeah, that too idealistic or even opportunistic yeah. attitude coming out. And you kind of go, okay, that realism coming through and which you don't that like calmness. A lot it's of the, the harmony. Time. It's the harmony. That's yeah. it. You bring that harmony that I'm not a harmonious person. <laughs> <laughs> and that sums up our relationship. Yeah. So no, we're it's... both like idealistic. Yeah. But like, I push us that little bit forward and you bring us the harmony. Make it all work. Yeah. <laughs> And I just make sure you're not just ticking all the boxes of life and staying in your lane and staying boring and and in your comfort zone. You keep helping me like find those, the like meaning behind why I'm doing things, which keeps me going because I quite often don't know the meaning behind what I'm doing. Mm. And I'm like, I just like doing this, whatever. Mm. But you're like, well, if you keep doing this then that could lead you to this. And I'm like, oh, okay, well. That means I should keep going and doing it, you know? Well, if anything you take away from the test, that's a confirmation that you're on the right path because it literally is telling you that you need to find something that makes you feel valuable or your work feel valuable. Mm. And so, yeah. yeah. this has been so interesting. I need to actually read it properly and understand <laughs> what's going on. So I apologize to everyone. That would be a 10-hour podcast if we did that. It really would be. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I apologize for that, guys. It it does take me a lot longer to process things. And Kenzie is a little bit of a wordsmith, word wizardess. Mm. I don't know. Magician, whatever you call them. Magician. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, guys, we'll wrap things up there. Thank you for joining us for this epic little personality special we'll be back in your ears with another new series next week we'll talk to you then bye are you listening damn